Okay, high time now for our tune of the week. Come on, let's go. This is the Media Industry Guru Show, the show that exposes you to entertainment, music, film, TV, and tech. We're online 24-7, 24-7. You're listening to the hottest internet station. And we are back on the Media Industry Guru Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the world of film and TV. There is a professional that I have with me. He has his own podcast as well called the Sam Bissell Podcast on Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. He went to Hofstra University where he studied video and TV, but then shift gears and wanted to be inquisitive and explore different areas within entertainment and tried out radio broadcasting. He was a producer and host for The Screening Room, which interviewed people in film and TV, and he aspires to be the next editor-in-chief for AMC, and currently he works at ABC on the side while also developing his podcast, and he aspires to be the next journalist and professional in TV and entertainment. So let's welcome hardworking and dedicated professional Sam Bissell to the Media Industry Guru podcast, where he is going to talk about his own works, development with his podcast, the upcoming goals that he has with his projects, and all things about film and his favorite TV subscription, which includes HBO Max. And yes, we will talk about that euphoria trend. (laughs) Hey, Sam, welcome to the Media Industry Guru Podcast. Thanks for taking time to do this. I'm really excited to hear more about your experience within the film and TV space, your podcast, and I know you just recently conducted an interview talking about the new Batman movie, right? Have you seen it? Uh, yeah, I actually did. I saw it over the over the weekend and I loved it. It was amazing. It was great. Um, I'm actually having my review posted in about a day or so. So it'll be out for people to check out if they want to. But yeah, it's great to, to be back in theaters to have a big crowd like that because especially with the pandemic we don't really kind of get that all that much so yeah when you get a big crowd that loves to just be in the theater it's just it's a great time there's no other experience like that i bet i know everybody's raving about the new batman movie i haven't seen it yet but i've heard great things about it you're a dc fan Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a big lover of, of all comic book films. I know there's the, a, always a big debate within the the social media world between Marvel and DC, but <laughs> I mean, whenever I get a superhero movie out there, a comic book movie, if it's great, it's great. I'll love it no matter what. If it's not, I'll tell it like it is. But th- this was a great movie. They knocked it out of the park. So definitely to, to plug it in here for everybody listening, <laughs> definitely recommend checking it out. It, it, was, it was a great time. Great time in the theaters. Well, very cool. I know you've interviewed and talked about a lot of different TV shows and you've interviewed guests on your podcast. So tell us about what got you interested in the film and TV space to start. I know you're one of your favorite TV shows is 24. Did that kind of get you inspired? Uh, it was definitely one of the things that, that got me inspired. My friend actually introduced me to that show back in like elementary school, middle school. So <laughs> I probably was a little too young at the time to watch that yeah, show. But pretty action-y. It, it, yeah, very action. I loved it. Loved the character. But I really actually started getting into film right around middle school time when I was probably like 11, 12. I was always somebody who loved movies in general. I loved going to them. My, my dad and my parents, they, they would always take me out 
to the movie theaters. And I just loved being there on the big screen, just watching anything I possibly could. And for the longest time, I actually wanted to, to make movies. I wanted to try to get into that headspace. And I went to, to high school for that. There was a great program that I was a part of at my, at my local high school. And then going to Hofstra University, there was a great program for film and television. But I found myself thinking that, you know what? I don't think I belong in the space of making content. I, I don't have the best creative mind when it comes to, to writing scripts. And I, when I see people on sets, it's just... They're so in the zone. They love their craft. And I thought to myself, well, I love talking about movies. And one of my other favorite things that I love to do as well is to cover sports. And I always kind of look at the film and TV landscape, especially the behind the scenes, even in front of the screen as kind of like a an industry like that where I can talk about it like it's a sports talk show. And I kind of started making some television shows like that in high school. But then when I got to the college level, there were some great radio programs, one that I was a part of was a screening room over at WRHU Radio Hofstra University. I became the producer of part of the producer and the host of that show and we were covering movies and TV and reviewing movies and and covering all the big news that was coming out of there. When I got out of there, I was like, well, I want to continue doing this and there's not a whole lot of positions out there that are in this field and I always see mm-hmm. people that are running these shows and doing it on on digital and or, or on podcast. So I said to myself, you know what? I got to do this. I got to go out on my own, create my own show and mm-hmm. start out that way. So I wanted to continue to do that. And that's where I've been for the last two, two and a half years, really, is just kind of growing this podcast, growing this platform and trying to get to to that level one day. Very cool. So did you cover any like sports interviews in college? Do you have a favorite team? What type of sports? <laughs> uh, well, I'm definitely a big football fan. I always try to go to the movies whenever I can, but specifically... <laughs> When it comes to to Sundays, I always make sure that I have car, uh, football carved out for that moment. But I love watching that sport. Basketball was another one I used to play when I was younger as well. But on the the talk show side of things, there was a a show or a few shows at my radio station where we would cover kind of the big sports that were going on: NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, and then we would cover the local sports area: Hofstra sports, basketball, soccer. So. I love to kind of talk about those areas as well and, and, and just kind of mm-hmm. really loved the, the area and the aspect that sports brought to the table as well. And tell us about more of the screening room, what that premise is about uh, for those that aren't aware of the screening room when you produced it and hosted at Hofstra. Yeah, of course. So the screening room is basically a talk show that covers everything that go on within the gambit of movies and TV, especially when I was running it, we really focused on those two areas. I know since then they've kind of expanded into the general pop culture landscape, like celebrities and fashion and and theater. So it, it's definitely gone a little bit more ahead <laughs> since I've been there. But when we covered it, it was mainly film and television. And we would do interviews with filmmakers, performers, and try to kind of get out and reach our audience levels to promote things that were coming out for people to check out and give our opinions on on reviews of, of new and upcoming films. We would try to go always go out on weekends and see certain films that were coming out. So that's really kind of the main premise of what Screening Room ultimately kind of became when I was there, was covering those main areas and trying to give the best outlook and, and reach and outlet that we could for mm-hmm. filmmakers and, and pundits, really. And you covered indie films and main films at the regional theaters. Um, Tell us about any experiences that really stuck out with you and what were those films? 
What was it like conducting those interviews? Sure. So the first one that I actually really did, that was my first really official, legit press junket was for If Beale Street Could Talk, which came out in 2018. And I got to interview who is now a lot more familiar within the landscape, and that is Kiki Lane. And she that, that movie was her first ever major role. So to kind of go there and experiencing that aspect of going to a, a cool location and then setting up, getting ready for for questions and then kind of seeing that there's a very much a time crunch when it comes to press junkets. If you don't kind of get an exclusive interview with some people, you're kind of, because there's so many different outlets out there, you only have about, if you're lucky, five minutes, sometimes you get 10 minutes to really kind of ask questions about when you see the movie. Cause you usually get, you'll get a screening mm-hmm. and then you'll, you'll get to talk to the members of the film to kind of get an idea of what to talk about. Since, cause if you don't see the movie, you're just going to be basing <laughs> off the trailers and the press material that you see. So you want to be able to see the movie first mm-hmm. and then kind of gain your questions from there. So I was able to do mm-hmm. that. And that was a great experience overall. And that kind of got me really further invested into really kind of doing this. And then another interesting thing was I started up a an Oscar show because another thing that I really loved that got me into this space was the Oscars. And mm. I always look at it as my Super Bowl. Even though I love the <laughs> Super Bowl, that to me is my big day. I get ready for it. I do the ballots. I'm all ready. And I do, I cover it with pre-shows, post-shows mm. on my podcast. And then we created kind of this live watch party on the screening room that we did in the two years that I was producing. Mm. And there were great successes. I mean, we had a lot of fun we kind of were dissecting all the winners and the fashion and it, it was just a great time. And so those are some of the big moments that I remember sticking out from from when I, I really loved doing the screening room. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet it's a fun process being able to help out like indie directors, actors and many others that want to rise to get their star on in L.A. on the Hollywood Strip. Uh, do you, have you been to the red carpet yet, the Oscars, or no? I have not. That is definitely a dream of mine one day to definitely get to the Oscars. I have been on a, a red carpet. It was a, a long time ago. It was like in 2012. It, it, I was just checking it out, and it was I, I knew somebody that actually worked on one of the crews for it, and they invited me out there. And it was actually my uncle, and he was working kind of as a sound designer. And this was before I even decided to formulate all this kind of stuff. But to kind of just be there and to see the the press lines and to kind of see all the stars and everything, it was really cool. And then actually, just a few days ago, I actually was at the the Batman premiere. Not seeing the movie, not a part of the red carpet, but just I, I worked like right across from where they were doing at the Lincoln Center. So to, to see that, to see how it all kind of came together, was really cool. So I haven't been officially there as like a a, a press person, but I've been there unofficially to kind of see what they're all about. And, and they're a lot of fun. They, they seem like a lot of fun. at least. <laughs> well, yeah, that's so cool that you're able to go to all these premieres for indie films, major films. I bet it's very rewarding and it's such a great surreal experience being able to get that pass. I know like for the music industry, you could get like the free tickets and it's just like the best night of your life. And I bet it is for you. Yeah, no, they're a lot of fun. And again, just to go to your point about being an outlet that's that's what i think a lot of people want to do when doing this is being an outlet for a lot of a lot of these a lot of these movies a lot of these projects that come about and especially when you talk about the indies that's also where you get a lot of your a lot of your bread and butter is because they're trying to get the most exposure out there because some of them aren't these big hollywood productions where you don't really need the press the, the movie just speaks for itself and people will go but for a lot of these smaller budget films they need the kind of press to kind of get out there and get people engaged and going to see it 
whether it's in theaters or on streaming. So it, it's definitely a great time to experience and get to see new talent and explore new directors and their styles. It's really kind of cool to see all that come together and to see the next era of Hollywood, the next phase of artists and and actors and performers. It's really cool. And so you still do this constantly after college, like do interviews on your podcast. You talk about films that are being released or almost premiering, right? So tell us more about your podcast, the Sam Bassell podcast on the ambiguous podcast solutions. Yes. So first shout out to, to Will Tereshuk and the people over at Ambiguous who kind of gave me the big platform that they have because they started out just on SoundCloud and a few other areas. And so mm-hmm. they were, they saw my stuff and they were like, Hey, do you want to get out there and, 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 you know, expand? And they offered me the platform. So a huge shout out to them. They, they really have helped me out. But yeah, when I, I work sometimes. So sometimes I won't every single day get to do it as I would like to do it. I try to do every single day, but I still try to get a show out there where I'm covering news topics that are going on. Or if I get an interview out there, I want to try to do that or, or a review for something. If I get a screening for a movie and whenever it's I'm allowed to release a review, I try to do that as much as possible as well. So I definitely want to try to keep it up as much as possible. And, and to, again, one day make this a career, but it's all about kind of the baby steps right now for me at this point. And mm-hmm. it's just about continuing to grow it on every platform that I know I can right now. And would you say that your experience being a producer and host for the screening room helped you create this platform because you've uh, spoken about the SAG Awards, the Oscar hosts, and um, the announcements for the Oscars coming up. You've done box office recaps. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I want to try to continue to, to do this. And I definitely want to try to, again, expand upon it in every single way that, that I possibly know that I, that I can. And so it's definitely a, the goal is to get there, to get there one day and to continue to do all these different topics. Because to me, I want to try to be able to, to be somebody that is kind of like a, an outlet or an educator in a way for people that might not know a lot about this industry. And again, there's, there's a lot more, there's a lot of other stuff going on around the world. But again, if I can offer a little bit of entertainment <laughs> and offer a, a different industry that people maybe might not know about, that's what I really want to try to do. And to kind of be a, a one-man show right now it's it, it definitely as a screening room producer i was handling a lot more people and a lot more departments <laughs> and so kind of being my one-man show right now i mean it's definitely it's it's a lot more streamlined in a way and so i just kind of do what i did at screening room just doing it for, for me right now and just kind of expanding the property that i do for my podcast right now kind of yeah and you edit all your episodes right and you create them from scratch just like i did um, you just have to start somewhere, but it gives you a sort of entrepreneurial spirit. Have you felt that in your experience? Definitely feels like that in a way. And it, it def- when, whenever I see people on certain channels, especially YouTube, and kind of and to kind of go back to your first question a little bit, one of the other inspirations that I had was from online people. I, I know uh, somebody like a, like a John Campy. I don't know if you've heard of him or if you're yeah, a viewer. Yeah, he's a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. YouTuber. He was somebody that is kind of a one-man show and he's kind of created a, a big wing for himself at the kind of working for a company for a certain amount of years. And he's somebody that's doing what I want to do. So I take a lot of inspiration from that. So I definitely kind of see it engaging in that kind of a way. And, and that's really where I want to see kind of go down the line in, in the next couple of years for sure. 
And so you've looked up to John Campia. You also looked up to Eric Davis, right? He's a writer. What it's like to have those kind of people in the back of your head looking up to them as inspiration. Do you also have other mentors on the side or just mainly you look up to those people? Um, I mainly look up, look up to those guys right now, um, especially with Eric Davis. He's definitely somebody that I keep in contact with from time to time. He actually went to Hofstra University mm-hmm. years ago, and it's amazing kind of hear his journey from where he started out after graduating to where he is right now, where he's one of the biggest kind of movie pundits working for sites like Fandango and Rotten Tomatoes and Whenever he does re- reviews or interviews or goes to these big pressers and is one of the first voices out there, it's, it's kind of where I strive to be. And so I've been able to talk to him time to time. And and John Campia, while I've never really, I never contacted him, I always see his work. He's one of the first people that I saw doing this and was one of the one of the first people that I that I realized when he was doing his thing and, and he was over at places like Collider and AMC Movie Talk. Those kind of platforms were the ones that I realized that I can turn this into a career. I can turn this into something that's legit and it's not just something on the side or a hobby. So they're definitely some of the people that I, I definitely look up to and people like Christian Harloff or who was also at Collider Works for um, his own company right now. And a few others that, that I know on YouTube that do this kind of stuff. I definitely follow them, follow their work, what they do. They're kind of running their own site. They have their own fan bases. And that's really where, where it is right now, where you, a lot of these companies, especially because of the pandemic, they, were, they weren't making the biggest money in the whole world. They're not Variety or Hollywood Reporter. So they were let go. And, and now they're doing their own channels and their own networks and their own shows. And they're kind of being the entrepreneurials in their own kind of way. And instead of working with a, a multitude of people, they're working for themselves. And they're trying to gain the same amount of traction that they were at these other companies. So it's definitely great to see people like that taking their own work into account. And it's something that I, again, I continue to strive towards in that same kind of area as well. Yeah. And John Campia, he's done a lot. He had, I think his own film website as well. Almost every single day. And and that's kind of where I get the format of do it, trying to do a show every single day when I wasn't working, especially during the pandemic, I was trying to do a show every single day, especially when it came to news. And I got that from his show because seeing what he did every day, it also helped me with my, with my work and also as with my talent and being able to work every single day, getting better on the mic, getting better with my pronunciations and just getting better as a personality (laughs) that it definitely helped. And while I still work again, a, a few days now, I still try to do whenever I possibly can, even if it's not every single day, but that's really where I got the idea to kind of take that and do it day after day after day and just engaging with a lot of people. Cause that's where really where it comes from as well as engaging with people from social media and mm-hmm. from the YouTube space and all these different platforms, because that, that's really where the engagement comes in. You want the audience to engage <laughs> with you. Yep. And so I think that's really where it comes from. And that's where, especially for him, he strives for and, that's one of the areas that I'm trying to to get to. And one of the areas that I think he really inspires people to do that. And if they want to get in the space. It's really interesting how you look up to big industry stars as inspiration, because a lot of people, which is great, they have mentors to lean upon, but they never say who kind of their quote unquote idol is. So it's kind of nice to hear from your perspective, that taste on how a YouTuber and a film critic and a writer, Eric Davis, are just an inspiration for you creating this platform for graduating from Hofstra. Yeah, no, they, they definitely, 
for the longest time, they really have been a, a part of, of helping me get to where I want to get to. And again, when I got into college, I really wanted to kind of be in that space of making TV, making movies. And, and I still made television and, and, and pursued my degree in that fashion because I wanted to have that. But on the side, this really became a focus in my mind of really in the end, like one of the end games that I have is is making this my overall professional career. And it really kind of started out when I graduated high school, going into college, I started kind of finding all these different sites. And then it just made me realize, okay, this is really what I can see myself doing. And this is where I feel like my strengths have been for the longest time. And now I'm do this while it's evolved since 2015, 2016, Mm -hmm. it's still the same kind of gist where again, it's about engagement with the fan community, getting, getting the word out, on films, whether they're big or small, and just engaging in a community that's there that wants to be engaged with and wants to talk about these certain things. And so it's again, it's it's an area that is still growing, but there's a lot of competition in this space. So you gotta find the right thing and the right kind of area that could spark you to get that kind of attention really. We've talked about all the accomplishments you've done thus far. Graduating from Hofstra, you're creating your own podcast from the ground up where you do critics on films whether they're independent major and you talked about how you're hardworking and very dedicated but trying to gain traction in this industry where there's so many talented people within it you would say is one challenge that either you've experienced or a lot of people experience in this industry right oh yeah Absolutely. Definitely. And I think I always thought of myself as somebody who doesn't really have the, a lot of talent in, in the whole world, but it's for me, it's it's about work and dedication. And, and as long as you keep doing it and you, you're, you're able to master it, you can really do anything. And if you have the confidence to do it, I think you'll be able to really do anything you ever want, whatever kind of profession that you're really trying to do it in. And I think that can go for a lot of people that are going into space. I know people that are accessing a bunch of social platforms, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or TikTok's a big one right now. And I know a lot of people are transitioning over there because that's where a lot of people are putting their time into certain <laughs> social media aspects or whatnot. So I think those are some areas in in, in the in the space that people can find themselves in in, mm-hmm. in, in the overall run in that in that space. Your goals are to continue growing and evolutionizing in this podcast world, especially being a film critic. You want to gain access to press, junket events for films, shows, any other goals? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I definitely want to try to move out west to, to L.A. one day because right mm-hmm. now I live in the New Jersey, New York air space. And as great as that is, and there's a lot of great opportunities I, there's a lot more over in the LA space, especially when it comes to this to this area, because all the studios are out there. A lot of the networking abilities are there as well. And also, I, I just think for career wise, for me, I can definitely want to try to to sustain this for as long as possible. But also, it's weird because I have a lot of family that's over here, so I want to make sure to be able to maintain those family friend relationships and make great connections. Cause that's where a lot of the, a lot of these areas come into is connecting and being able to try to formulate relationships in ways that can, can really help you in the long run when doing this. And do you have any recommendations or tips for students or recent grads trying to navigate this industry, whether because this podcast is basically educating 
people that are not familiar with this space in the different sectors, whether it's film and TV, broadcasting, the music industry, theater, etc. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think this goes for one of the advice that I would give, whether it's in this kind of space or whether it's in filmmaking or television making, music or any other area of business, finances, whatever, it's making connections and trying to expand yourself in every single way possible. Because even for me, again, like I said, I, I started out wanting to do one thing and I moved to another area, mm-hmm. but I always still maintain that I wanted to try out everything. Because right now still, while I'm still doing this podcast, I'm also working over at ABC News right now and in their edit ops department. So I want to still be able to expand and learn as much as I possibly can instead of just really kind of focusing on one area. So that would be really what my advice is, is to expand every single area that you want to learn as much as possible, but also make as many connections as you possibly can. And I learned that best from Hofstra because they helped us make those kind of connections to where I am right now, whether it's meeting somebody like an Eric Davis or making connections to work at a place like ABC News right now. There's just those are the areas that I think as a professional that are the key core advices to, to, again, to any, any area of professionalism that you want to go in, but especially in this space as well. It's, it's really those two things that are key to that. Well, very cool. Awesome. And anything upcoming, that's very exciting. You got any announcements with us, anything to share that's going on with Sam? Still again, working on the podcast right now. I got a a lot of cool interviews that are potentially lined up coming down the pipeline right now. They're not finalized just yet, but they're almost close to being done. That'll help cover, especially the summer movie season that's coming around right now and Oscar season, especially with the Oscars happening in a, in a couple of weeks. So there's a lot of really cool stuff coming down the pipeline for sure, but nothing that is officially official yet that I'll I'll make a few announcements in the coming, in the coming weeks, but it's going to be, you know, reviews that'll be coming out soon. I mean, again, with the Batman, I'll have that up, excuse me, in a little bit, but just continue to do episodes and, and, and getting the word out there about film and television as best I possibly can. Do you have any favorite streaming platforms, Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, any TV shows Ooh. that you aspire to interview people on? Ooh, well, when it comes to streaming platforms, I definitely love Disney Plus because I'm a big Marvel <laughs> guy, Star Wars. I love that kind of stuff. And then uh, HBO Max, I mean, they have some of the best. They're probably the best television platform, I think, of all time. And they're certainly still at the top right now. I mean, between Euphoria and Peacemaker. (laughs) And there's just a bunch of great shows out there. I mean, there'll be a new show on HBO called Winning Time, which is about the 1980s Lakers. That looks great. So they're, they're still the pinnacle. So those are the two that I really, really love and enjoy. And in terms of... TV shows that I'm watching. I mean, I, ju- I just named a few right off the bat, but um, <laughs> Pam and Tommy is another one that I'm currently watching right now. Let's see. I'm looking forward to a few movies that are coming out. There's a new Michael Bay film called Ambulance that I'm really, really lo- looking forward okay. to. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So there's definitely a lot of great stuff, both in film and television, that's coming up that I think people can really look forward to. That'll capture them, at least for, for a little <laughs> bit. That make them want to stay indoors yeah. or go to the theaters for the next couple months, for sure. Oh, I'm excited to go back to the theater. But everybody's on the HBO trend because of Euphoria. And I'm stuck yeah. on Netflix. And <laughs> I've, I've just been a loyal Netflix fan. I had Hulu for a little bit, but then I switched over. But I got to get on that HBO Max, probably. 
Yeah, HBO Max has some of the best <laughs> stuff out there right now, but but Netflix does too. It's just they have they have a lot of stuff that you don't know is there. There's a lot of gems yeah. gems that are there that you don't really discover unless you really dig deep. Whereas with HBO Max, I mean, they have a multitude of different areas like DC, Cartoon Network, Turner Classic Movies, but yeah. the main stuff that you really want to see that they're able to give you really good access to. So definitely give HBO <laughs> Max a chance when when you're able to, because yeah. I know. In, in this day and age, there's so many different streaming services out there right now that it's tough to pick and choose one. I mean, for me, it's tough to keep track of all the TV shows and movies that are out there right now. I have to keep a list. Definitely give that a shout when, when you have a chance for sure. Yeah, I'll have to budget my subscriptions, but I'll try to get on yeah. HBO Max sometime soon. Well, thank you, Sam, for being on the Media Industry Guru podcast. Wishing you all great success while you're working at ABC and also your podcast on Ambiguous Podcasts solutions and best of luck we hope to see you either being a film critic for rotten tomatoes or amc in the future right yeah hopefully i mean that's again that's the ultimate goal maybe we can have another interview and whether it's a few months a few years from now to see Definitely. where that where that all goes but i i appreciate you having me on it was great to be on it twitter you can find me at Pistol samuel b-u-s-s-e-l-l-s-a-m-u-e-l i do all my reviews quick social media reactions i again analyze all the news that goes on there. Instagram, I post all my movie reviews as well. I'm also on my YouTube channel at the Sam Vassell Podcast as well, where whenever I do interviews, I, I also do videos like we're doing right now. So I try to to put video upon it as well. So if you want to check that out, there's some great stuff on there as well if you want to check that out one day. Yeah, if you're interested in being a film critic, check out the Sam Vassell Podcast on the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions and Congratulations on starting this new endeavor in the media industry and best of luck. And we hope to see you as a reporter on the Oscars or working as an editor, maybe editor in chief of AMC. Thank you, Forbes. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for this. It was awesome. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Media Industry Guru podcast. Check out the Instagram at Media Industry Guru for all the details on the latest and coolest, I mean coolest upcoming episodes that you will here. Email at mediaindustryguru.podcast at gmail.com for any other interviews that you would like to hear or if you would like to be on the air and give a little promo or talk about yourself or just even chat with me because you know I'm I'm doing this. I'm invested in this. And tune in weekly 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays on the Anchor app, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Breaker, and many more streaming platforms. Thanks again for all of the support and peace out and let's rock and roll.